Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Tuesday morning. Glad to be with you here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churnin' Spoon Ice Cream. School will be back in very, very soon. When you're headed back to Starkville, you need to make that one of your first stops. Students and teachers and everybody else visiting our fair town. It is the place to be. It is the place that in Starkville that if you haven't been there, well, then you haven't been to Starkville. So, swing by there today, get one of their incredible drinks, give you that little boost to get through the rest of your afternoon and enjoy yourself at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Good friends over at College Corner know that, hey, it's time to start getting some new maroon and white gear for you for baseball season. And we're going to, you're going to be there. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to go out on the optimistic route. We did that for football, and it worked out. It did. So let's do it for baseball, too. Uh, let's, 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 let's believe that by Super Bulldog weekend, there's going to be a big crowd there. You like the sound of that? I very much like the sound of that. And I want that crowd dressed in maroon and white, and I want them in gear from College Corner. So swing by there today, two locations in Jackson, or go to collegecornerstore.com. I've got it. You got it. I, I've got it. I want to hear it. You can have already called and ordered your, your Strange Brew coffee. Yeah. It can be sitting up on the, the desk or the equipment that you, you get from it. Advanced We've moved backwards here, but go ahead. And, and you then, with your laptop there, order your the, gear from... from College Corner, right, and then you have successfully supported all of our sponsors. You hadn't eaten the the meat yet; that's coming at supper, right? But you're successfully supporting every sponsor of Thunder and Lightning, the, thereby lifting us. Did you well. get you got the the laptop from Advantage Businesses? Yes, you can. Okay. Th- yeah, I, I was going with like the the desk or, or just your office equipment. They don't do furniture. You, okay, well, I, I'm just saying the office equipment. Yes. Okay. Whether that's computer or printer or well, you just put everything together. I'm going to start charging more if I'm going to do like, you know, <laughs> crossover ads like that. Well, anyway, College Corner, like I said, two stores in Jackson area to serve you. Or you can go to College Corner store. Get some new MMRS gear right now. Get ready for baseball season here with College Corner. Advantage Business Systems wants 2021 to be your most profitable year ever. And that's going to start with a phone call to them to help figure out what they what strategy you need to put in place to get your business moving. you got to upgrade your technology in your business. You can't have great business with with poor technology. It just can't be that way. You've got to have the best products, and Advantage Business Systems can put them to work for you. Call them today at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com. It's like, where am I going? And find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Joel, there's something I hate. I hate devil's advocate. I hate people who agree with a position, but then will argue the contrary position just to spark debate. Well, sometimes that makes for a good pod, though. It does. It does. Although you and I, I think we're going to play the devil's advocate together here today. I, I got to do the thing I don't like to do. Um, but we're going to play the devil's advocate. We're not going to embrace debate. We're not going to go Skip and, and Shannon or uh, or you know Max and Stephen A. Smith. Joe Coleman! <laughs> you 
can't believe that, man. So you, 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 we're not going to go there, but we are going to play devil's advocate. You and I both believe that not only Errol Thompson is going to leave Mississippi State, that he should leave Mississippi State, that his time has come. Would you agree? I, I agree that I am leaning towards – I think he, he – I don't know. I don't know if I have uh, saw too many tweets and saw too many hopeful tweets from fans that have kind of made me rethink it a little bit. But yes, I, I do think that it's probably in his best interest to go. That's just Joel thinking. It's not my life. It's his. But yes, I, I think it's in his best interest to go. And if you made me guess, yes, I would say that he does go. Yeah. And I think, like you said, I mean, he has put in a good shift here at Mississippi State, shall we say. And he's a guy that I feel is an NFL guy. Even if he's just a practice squad guy, it's time, you know, if you're going to get hit, you might as well make money. Um, but you and I are going to try to make the case today for him to return to Mississippi State for, for another season. Um, first off, just from a personal standpoint for me, Errol Thompson, if he were to come back, almost regardless of what happens next year, would put himself in that same sort of pantheon. There's, there's, there's two pantheons of legends at State. There's the Dak pantheon. There's one person in there. And I don't know that there ever will be another person in there. And then there's the next level guys, right? Molds, John Bond, Jackie Sherrill, the, the the top guys, Jackie Parker, you know, go, go old school. Errol Thompson would, would put Dixon's himself, in there. Dixon is in there, yes. Beloved former players. Yes. Guys who are guaranteed a standing ovation when they come back to Davis Wade Stadium. Errol Thompson would enter that pantheon, because he's not there yet. Would enter that pantheon upon if he were to come back for one more season. Uh, I Does that mean anything that. to him? You think? I don't know. It might, but I, I mean, he's an Alabama guy growing up. You know, mm-hmm. so it's not like he grew up a state. But, but I mean, neither did Dak. Neither did some of the ones that, right. that you mentioned a minute ago. But um, is that enough to drag you back for one more year of unpaid football? Um, I don't know, man, because. Gosh, man, he'd be here for, what, six years at that point? Yeah. I don't – personally, I don't think that'd be enough. And just, I believe, just I believe he's glory, a graduate, too. He's just the glory of that. Yeah. Like, it's one of those deals where it'd be really neat, but I can't foresee that being enough for him. But if you want to paint out a picture that gets him back, then maybe that does mean more to him than I'm thinking it would. Okay. From a football perspective, why would he come back? Is there a reason, football-wise, is there something he needs to add to his game? Is there something that he could show on film next season that he hasn't already shown us? That's a great question. I I, I wish we had uh, an NFL scout or something sitting here with us and could, I guess, verbalize exactly why Errol Thompson is or isn't ready for the league. Uh, when you when you look at Errol, because I trust your NFL draft expertise better than mine. Mm-hmm. Why is he? Why does he not get more more love? I mean, he is because statistically he's not. one of the better linebackers in the SEC, really in the country. But yet, there's you don't see him mentioned just a ton. I mean, you didn't even see him mentioned really for for awards and stuff. Yeah, I mean, because he is a very old school middle linebacker. He is not the hybrid kind of guy that you're, you're seeing. You know, you can't play. He can only play in the middle. You, you're, not, you're not moving him outside. He's, you, can't, you can't really move him around. He's okay in coverage. I mean, he's his, Zach Thomas is that what he is? He is a bigger Zach Thomas. 
I don't know if that's the case or not. Are you familiar, by the way, there's a like a whole Twitter account dedicated to why Zach Thomas is the most overrated football player of all I love time. Zach Thomas. Don't, I'm, don't, don't, I'm just don't saying let me fight you. It exists. That. There's a lot of film of him just <laughs> jumping on the pile and getting a tackle. Um, but there's something to that. It's like, he, it's sort of like a, uh, who's the guy for the uh, the Braves? Ozuna? Marcelo Ozuna? He's a great DH, right? Yeah. But he can't play in the outfield. He can't play a position. His, his defensive skills lack, yes. Right. So, so <laughs> Errol Thompson is sort of that same way. Big hitter, great against the run. And and he, remember his his uh, first year as a starter in 18, he had a couple picks that year. But I, I don't know that he, you know, in, in the NFL, with, with, with as much, you know, pass coverage is required of you, if that if that's a good fit for him or not. I don't know that. Yeah. You know, you're right. We, we, you know, I'm not a scout. Yeah. So. But to to build on that. I mean, you. Does come coming back another year doesn't change any of that, right? It just doesn't, right? He he is going to get drafted just as highly right now as he would if he came back and had another year like he just had. You know, I I, I don't think it, it really just boils down to is he ready to get paid or is he want to stick around another year? Yeah. I mean, it's just that. I mean, it's hate to break it down bare bones, but that's that's where we're at here. Yeah, because I I really don't believe him coming back changes. His skill set. No, in any it way. doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, unless he were to like lose like 25, 30 pounds, you know. But even then, I mean, you're not guaranteed to get faster. You know, the 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 good comparison is a former teammate of his, Willie Gay. Willie Gay has you know next to no production, but speed, measure yeah, the things measurables. You know, they, they, you could see Errol going to like a combine and not performing well. Exactly. I mean, what is what do you think his forty is? Probably four eight. Something like that. I'd be guessing. You know, now, my guess is the bench will be good, but I mean, his vertical leap is it going to be great? You know, the, all the stuff that you know people fall in love with at the combine. They're going to be like, oh, the production's there, but you know, can he do it? You know, against the NFL competition, that's going to be the question for Errol Thompson. Some of that's stupid, by the way. It is one hundred percent. Errol Thompson. If you can watch a football game and a guy stands out to your eyeballs, especially in what's the SEC, it matter what his measurables are? Especially at the in the SEC. If yeah. you watch Errol Thompson's film, he is constantly getting tackles against SEC opponents. You know, so it tends to, to think that he could do the same in the NFL. I think NFL, or I think Errol Thompson would be a really, really good pro, a guy who could play for a long time and given the right opportunity. But at the very least, he's going to be a practice squad guy, and those guys get paid pretty good too. So how much of a difference does he make for Mississippi State if he does decide to come Oh, it's back? huge. It's huge because one of the things that we've talked about is how big of a loss uh, Navante Key- Navante Q, am I saying his name right? Strong mm-hmm. was to lose him to LSU on signing day. Well, if you get Arrow back a year, that that kind of negates some I was, of that. I was just thinking that it's, it's almost like you, you didn't miss. You know, imagine if Strong just had a great season and gone pro after yeah. one year. Yeah, I mean it's it negates that completely, and and you just have that leader back on that side of the football. And and we hadn't even gone into Kobe Jones and and what he might do or any of these other guys that have the option to come back too. But, man, if Errol's back, it's kind of like – because, look, if Errol's gone from a leadership perspective on that side of the ball, you kind of have to have a heart transplant a little bit. Somebody's got to step up into that role. You don't have to – you don't have a leadership question heading into the next right, year right. if he's back. I right. mean, you just don't. I mean, At, does it translate into wins and losses? I mean, yeah, because – if he's not back, Brian, who's filling that spot? I mean, I agree. You know, Nathaniel Watson, Nathaniel who I'm not Watson. hating. Yeah. I'm not hating on him because right. he's a, a good, versatile player that can play all the linebackers. He can help you win football games, mm-hmm. but he's not Errol Thompson. No, you're right. And so does Errol improve your chances to have a better defense? 
Heck yeah, he does. Um, so then, if you're Arnett and Errol Thompson sits down with you and says, I, I, "I'm really torn on this decision," you know, what what do you think? And and you, as Arnett, you're thinking, "I want this guy back. I need him back." What what's your pitch? You see, I'd, that's where it'd be tough to be a coach. Yeah, because you have to balance what benefits you personally versus what benefits the kid personally. True. And when you sit there and you weigh those two things, the only pitch I see for Zach Arnett to Errol Thompson, if you want to do what's best for the kid, is is to say, look, if well, we've kind of hit on already. If you want to, to come back and be beloved by the Mississippi State fans even more than you already are, and you want to be, uh, you know, enjoy college football one more year and be a centerpiece of this defense, and and you just love Mississippi State and you want to keep on doing it, man, we would sure love to have you because you're going to make us a crap ton better if you're here. And and really, that's where it stops. It's all personal, though. Yeah, yeah, because from there, it's but the bottom line is, Errol, I don't know if you coming back is going to help you in the future financially. Right. I don't know if coming back is going to, you know give you any better opportunity at a professional career than you have right now at this moment. And in a, a league where there's short shelf lives, one year of your career, I mean, that's that's money that you can already start putting in the bank. It's kind of tough to tell a kid, <laughs> don't get paid, and then he comes back in 2021 and, you know, God forbid, rips an ACL or something and sets right. him back. I, I, I don't. Everything, every reason for Errol Thompson to come back is just the mushy, feel-good stuff. Yeah. In my opinion. Maybe he looks at it a different way. Maybe an NFL scout or something has told somebody something else and where they think, you know, if he comes back and works on this, he could boost himself a little bit. I don't know that kind of stuff. So maybe that's the case. But from my vantage point, from my seat here at the Super Talk Studios alongside you, and... uh Watching him the way I have, and I, I love some Errol Thompson. So I, I, I hope he goes as high in the NFL draft whenever his time comes as as possible. I don't see how him coming back in twenty twenty one benefits anything other than just giving everybody the warm and fuzzies. I agree with you. You know, like I said, we were definitely the, devil's this, advocate here. But but the segment of the show is trying to you know draw the scenario to it's where a, he comes it's, back. It's going to be a very difficult. And it, to me, that's just a, a it's tough to do. I yeah. mean. It, yeah, it's it's definitely just a feel good story. You know, there's no football reason for him to do it. I mean, I, I mean, unless he is a type. The only thing I can think of is, is there an education reason? Is he a guy's like, look, I don't know about my football career. Maybe I should get a master's degree. Yeah, or, or maybe he's close to some other degree. And, yeah. and just coming back another year, he could finish it off. You can't, I, you I can't find that. me a football related reason for it though. So it's it, it's just you know you sort of hope and pray kind of thing if you're a Mississippi State fan. So that being said, then, and as a fan of Errol Thompson, I kind of hope he's back I like just so I can cover him. Yeah, again. He's, he's a great player, good guy. Um, what do you think he's going to do? I think he's gone. Yeah, but that's again, that's me putting my brain in Errol's body. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it, what drives Errol. Maybe coming back and, and climbing that ladder of Mississippi State legend status means more to him. Um, I, at the end of the day. If he can start putting money in his account mm-hmm. to do what he's already doing, it's hard for me to draw out a, a, a scenario to what. I mean, let, let's look at 
a guy we also all love, most of you listening, probably all of you listening love, unless you're uh, an Ole Miss fan, Jake Mangum. Yeah. You know, he came back for that last year. Mm-hmm. But had he gotten what he wanted the year before, he would not have come back for that last year. Uh, it wasn't just a I'm definitely coming back for the last year situation. I mean, th- these guys understandably do what's best for them. And sitting here trying to figure this out, I, I just don't see how Errol coming back for 2021 is best for him. Right? Maybe it is, and maybe there are circumstances that we don't know about, and maybe there are things that maybe scouts or coaches have told him that he can come back and improve, and, and so it would benefit him to take the chance to come back. But do I think he, he's coming back if – if I'm making that choice, I mean, I, I I don't think so. I agree with you. I think I think I think if you look at the, the Bulldog seniors, we know that C.J. Morgan is back. We know that Fred Peters is back. Big deal for the MSU secondary, obviously. Um, and then the rest of them: Dorian Parker, Greg Island, Marky Spencer, Kobe Jones, Earl Thompson. These are those are the the starting seniors. I kind of see Kobe and Marquise in a little bit of the same. I feel like we could have the exact same conversation we, we just had we and just insert the other two's names. I, the only thing I would say is of those three, I think Kobe Jones is the least likely NFL guy. I think Marquise Spencer is the most likely NFL guy. And then Errol and then Kobe. But again, I mean, I think Kobe could make a practice squad. He could somewhere. make a practice squad, yeah. At the very least. Make good money for a couple years and then go into whatever it is you want to go into. So. Um. Yeah, so anyway, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens, and our luck will be we'll drop this show, and he will make Errol will have already decided. He will decide. We are recording. It's one thirty nine p.m. on a Tuesday or a Monday. <laughs> that, that that edit is coming about 3 o'clock. Yeah. And if that's the case, Joel, we're going to have to come do another podcast. <laughs> go ahead and get you know. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Listen, there's no timeline on that announcement. I saw today that uh, a couple of Ole Miss guys made their announcement. Sam Williams coming back for a year. Ryder Anderson into the transfer portal. So, you know, just it just is what it is. We'll see, you know, there's, there's no timeline, like we said. Uh, I, I would imagine these guys are reaching out to the NFL to try to get those those evaluations, too. Because, I mean, if Errol gets one, it's like, no, you're not getting drafted. He might just say, well, do another year of college just for the heck of Because he might want another degree at that point. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, let's move on into this basketball preview. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef, who I'll be going by to see a little later this week to pick up the beef belly. I'm still intrigued by it. i got to start doing a little research. How am I going to cook this thing? I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about it. This is this is experimental for me. I don't normally like to experiment with food. Normally, I like to you know, I got an idea of what I'm doing. I got no clue on this one. So, but that's another thing to to to, to mention about Welcome Home Beef is those guys, man. They you know they know the cow. That's they, they've been they've been working with these animals their whole life. So I'm going to lean on them for expertise, and they're going to give it to me. So if you go up there and you're like, hey, I've never cooked a tri tip. I've never cooked a brisket. They've got the pointers. They've got the the expertise to help you make that you know make your cooking match the quality of product you're getting from Welcome Home Beef. It really is a full service stop for you when you're looking for what's for dinner. So, give them a call today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com and pick up a great steak, some burgers, a roast, a brisket, whatever it is you're looking for. They'll take care of you at Welcome Home Beef. And when you're done cooking it and you're ready to eat it, you know one thing's for sure. It just tastes good. All right, Mississippi State, Missouri, 8 o'clock tip. Ugh. We got rumblings tomorrow, too. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's this world we live in, man. I tell you. <laughs> These 8 o'clock tips are brutal. And there's there's more coming. Oh, I don't think State has a, a, a 6 o'clock tip during the week for a while that, that you know you and I can go to anyway. 
Um, we might have to we might have to enroll future Brian one of these days. I don't know. Um, he probably needs some help financially. He hadn't worked in a while. Yeah, you're right. He, he we, we you know we had to part you know COVID cutbacks is we had to you know yeah. future future Brian we sort of had to put on a on a what is it uh, furlough furlough is uh, there's another word for it uh, I can't think of it. I can't think of the word. That's oh, that's going to bother me. Laid off. What do you? No, it's it's like when you just when you take off for like a you know an extended period. Sabbatical. Of time. Sabbatical. Sabbatical. <laughs> I was going insane in my in my mind. The, the pistons were firing. They're like, you know this word, idiot. Thank you, Joel. I appreciate that. Well, that's what we do. We we lift each other up. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Missouri uh, ranked thirteenth nationally, seven and one overall in the SEC. Uh, they were one and one. They, they, I forget who they lose to. They lost to. Uh, I, mean, I, I guess I could just click this thing that says schedule. Probably find that out pretty quick. Like, uh, let's see here. Lost to uh, Tennessee. Good team. Came, <laughs> good team. But they lost to Arkansas. Or they beat Arkansas. They also have a win this so far over two top twenty-five teams at the time: Oregon and Illinois. That was the big win for them, beating number six Illinois, who has the. Uh, the player with the best name in college basketball. Are you familiar with him? I'm not. Kofi Cockburn. Okay. That's his name. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't tell you the the joy. And, you know, we, we you know I follow a guy, obviously Matt Stevens, who covers Illinois. And you know, when you just see that pop into your timeline enough, it makes me laugh every time. It's a little bit of joy. Um, but that said, uh, the Tigers. This is a pretty solid team. You know, and you think about Missouri the past couple of years, they haven't been really good. And states had the upper hand uh, with them, uh, but this is a pretty solid uh, basketball team, averaging 73, 73 points a game. They got four guys in double figures, led by Xavier Pinson, really good player, really good guard for the Tigers. Uh, fifteen, po- he's averaging fifteen points a game in only twenty six and a half minutes. That's a name that I feel like he's been there a while. Like you just gotta- they have a bunch of guys like that. Him, Jeremiah Tillman, yeah, Drew Smith. I mean, they that's I maybe mean, that's probably why they're good. They've got you know veterans, you know they're. they're in the era of college basketball we're in, there are only two ways to I think you can really be successful, and that's if you have elite recruits and you're playing. I mean, you're playing one and duns, but you're playing guys that are going to be NBA players, or you have a veteran team. You've got a team with a bunch of seniors and juniors, and if you're you're asking yourself, well, where is Mississippi State? You're right. They've got no elite recruits, and yet they don't have a team full of seniors and juniors that have played you know a ton of games. They got one senior, so you know if you wonder why they're struggling. In my opinion, that's that's why it is. Um, Mark Smith, Drew Smith, Jeremiah Tillman, those guys we just mentioned, they're all averaging double figures. Tillman, the leading rebounder as well, almost eight rebounds a game. So he's he's been playing really well. They shoot the ball well, uh, 44%. Not a great three-point shooting team, only 27% from behind the arc. Um, but they're just a solid basketball team. Conzo uh, Martin, great coach, been around Tennessee, Cal, and now here. Um, just a solid coach, just a solid team. They've played well this year. This would be a really good win for Mississippi State, but it could also turn into an ugly loss, I feel. I, yeah. feel, like, I feel like State really needs to bounce back, and this is one of the worst possible teams you have to play. Yeah, I kind of feel like if State had beaten Kentucky the other night, you're sitting here at 2-0 and in the SEC, and this team comes to town, then you're kind of playing with house money a little bit. Yeah, if you lose, you're like, oh. If you lose, you're like, well, we, we, we won two of the first three, and we lost to a nationally ranked, really good Missouri. Exactly. Team. But as such, you know, you, you did lose to Kentucky, and now if – if you lose this one too, you're sitting there one and two. Um, just you feel defeated a little bit if you're if you're a Mississippi State basketball fan that 
well, this season is going to go to the, you know, toilet pretty quickly kind of thing. You just, you're just not in a good place mentally uh, on the outlook for this team. But if you win, all of a sudden you could again say we won two of our first three, including a win over a really good Missouri team, and you're really feeling good about that. It really does feel like a uh, a pivot point for this season. That's a that's a that's a tough spot then. I know it's it's tough that you're coming off a heartbreaking loss. Well, that's what happens when you yeah. do things like blow nine point leads down the stretch to to a Kentucky team that I'll say it you should have beat. I mean, you, you were there when you're up on that Kentucky team, the one that uh, is not as talented as as we've seen in the past, and you're up by nine at home with nine minutes to go. That's a game you should win. Yeah, and now you've put yourself into this position where you need to beat a nationally ranked team just to have a little bounce back, you know, to have a, you know, a good feeling going on, you know, because you're going on the road. Vanderbilt's not great, obviously, but they are, you know, it's a road game and that, you know, weird environment. That, that, that arena is weird enough. Now with no fans in it, that's going to be a weird place to play. Um, so for Mississippi State, you know, I think it starts with what the, they need to play the way they played Saturday night and just figure out, what, you know, they got to close the game out. If you play the exact same way you played Saturday night, I thought defensively, you know, other than you know the perimeter defense, but this is a team like you said that's not a great perimeter or shooting team. So maybe you know that'll they'll they'll work each other out. But offensively, I thought they were they were good enough. I you know Tillman's a good good guy down there down low, so that's a good battle for Tolu Smith. He did not have a great night. He did talk about having bounce back. He needs to have the bounce back as well. He needs to you know get back to double double. Yeah. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, if Tolu Smith averages. Gets gets his average Saturday night. State wins the game easily. They don't, and they don't. <sighs> the thing is, though, 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 the though. thing is, though, you go into this game. I don't know if State's going to win, but they can win. Well, that's true. Of almost every game in the SEC this year, outside of maybe like Tennessee, because I mean that game's on the road, and that's a really good basketball team. Because uh, there's been times through through history yeah. that we've been doing this show, where State's playing a game and you're like, yeah, they're not winning that game, bro. Yeah, oh yeah. But this is not... <laughs> I, like you said, I don't know if there's anybody in the SEC that are we would feel Are like, we homering that up? Because this is the number 13 team in the country and State's 6-4. and four. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know, but... I yeah. think Kentucky's a lot better than what their record is. I mean... I agree with that. Talent-wise, and you just proved that you could beat them... Um, Every game State's played, they either won or could have won, with the exception maybe of when Liberty could not miss from three. Well, even then, I mean, they gave up 19 threes. I mean, you cut that in half. It's still a good day of shooting, but you win the game. I mean, 19 threes is a ridiculous number. Yeah. So, yeah, there's been something in every game where it's sort of you've pointed at it and go, well, if they had just done this to free throws, having Molinar. I mean, free throws has been twice, maybe maybe even three times. You you. Well, yeah, they they, they missed uh, what seven free throws Saturday night. They were twelve of fifteen at one point. And they finished sixteen to twenty three. Yeah, they they did not. So yeah, they finished well. <laughs> yeah, missed some down the stretch. We'll see where it goes. Who who's the player to watch in this one? Uh kind of feel like Tolu's got to have a bounce back. Okay. Um, State seems to be at its best whenever he's down there, getting you about a double double, and he wasn't doing that the other night. And you know, if he had. Ifs and nuts, you know, ifs and buts are candy and nuts would all have a Merry Christmas. If he had, State probably wins that game in regulation against Kentucky. Um, 
But you can't expect that every single night. Some nights you're going to have an off night. Not blaming him, but yeah. you feel like he's going to have a bounce back. He's been really good all year. So I, I'll be watching him just to see if he does kind of have that, that bounce back effort. I'm going to go with Jalen Johnson. I thought one of the reasons State lost Saturday night was their They got inability. away from him. They got away from him. He had some big shots in the first half, and then in the second half he didn't get many looks. You know, I think the offense, there there should be basically, you know, Molinar trying to drive. If he, he can shoot, great. If he can't, he can kick it out to guys like Molinar, or to Stewart and to, uh, to Johnson. Uh, Stewart needs to have a bounce-back night as well. But, yeah. you know, Jalen Johnson's emergence gave it to State that fourth score we were talking about. They need all four guys, but I think Johnson can be, a, you know, getting shots from three is, is big for Mississippi State because they don't shoot a lot of threes. So when they do shoot them, they need to make them. What's your prediction here? Uh, I think it's going to be a really close game, but it's going to really impress me if State bounces back from the Kentucky loss and, and just getting their guts ripped out and beats a nationally ranked Missouri team. I do think they'll kind of keep it close, but in the end – Missouri is probably the better team here, and while I think State could win the game, a lot of stuff kind of needs to go right for them to win the game, and it's just an easier pick to say that everything that State needs to go right won't go right. So I'll say Missouri wins this one, and I'll go 82-78. you got it closer than I've got it. I think it's going to weigh on Mississippi State what happened Saturday night, so I don't see the bounce back here. Uh, I'm going to take the Tigers to win this one. 80-70 to 70 is my final score. Uh, Mississippi State will fall to 6-5 uh, and five on the season for their first uh, road – I'm sorry, their second road SEC game. And they'll travel to Vanderbilt this weekend. All right, rumblings, questions, get them in. We'll answer them tomorrow night, and we'll also recap what happens at the hump uh, Tuesday night when the Tigers come to town. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.